Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romeverse, episode 83 here. Uh, Jimmy and Brandon are with me. It's Steve, as usual, leading the charge. And uh, we're here after a- another Roma victory, 11 straight unbeaten matches now in the league. It did follow a, a rough loss to Bodo um, on Thursday, and that's something we're unfortunately getting used to this season. But guys, 11 unbeaten, right? I mean, Salernitana was a, a, a pain in the ass, but Roma got it done. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's really... Everyone wants La Magica all the time. I mean, I know I do at least, but for this team to succeed, we have to be able to win ugly. And the best part of the past 11 matches has been that we are avoiding losses no matter what. And I think that for the team to be able to become a Champions League contender, both in terms of placement every year and, you know, like going deep like we have in the past, Roma has to have the ability to win ugly just as it can win beautifully. Yeah, winning ugly is certainly important. I put a stat into my four key, uh, you know, statistics piece. I do four key figures uh, on occasion when there are four to talk about. Certain matches there aren't. But uh, one of them that I saw on Twitter, there's a conversation. Roma's come back from losing positions now five times to get at least a point out of it. And four of those five have been in the last eight matches, part of this 11 match unbeaten streak. So it kind of shows a mentality shift, in my opinion, where the players will fight to the end and they find a way to at least get that point or in, in the essay's case, get those two points, which is something that if we're going to eventually fight for the top four and maybe a Scudetto in Mourinho's time, you need to get those matches, right, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. And I think trying to think right now, the last time, you know, the we had a squad that, that kept pushing till the end and it probably wasn't, uh, hasn't been since that uh, Champions League semifinal reaching squad. Um, fallen on tough times since, and a part of that has been an inability to, um, you know, push through adversity. We've seen on numerous occasions. 
just how um, devastating uh, negative action can can uh, have on the psyche of this squad. So it's nice to see that Mourinho's finally turning a corner on that front because you know even um, the 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 the. the Sorry, the pieces of that were still there even as recently as, you know, the Bodo debacle and that whole rough stretch that Roma went through. So to finally be turning it around, despite losing to them again, um, I think I think it's very promising for the future. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Roma has, I remember having these conversations with you guys on about three, four months ago, how Roma concedes early, the game plan goes out the window and and the, the whole match goes to crap. Like that first Juve match where Roma really outplayed Juve, but couldn't find the goal after they gave one up early. And that's changed now. Now, Roma, even yesterday, I have to say, even up to about the 80th minute, around the time Roma scored their first goal, I hadn't given up hope because it was Salernitana, first of all. So you expect Roma to get something. You're like, there's no way they're going to get shut up by Salernitana. But there was still hope, even with 10 minutes left, in my opinion, that they would find a way to get two goals. And they did within a five-minute span. 81st minute, Carlos Perez. 85th minute, Chris Smalling. And part of the mentality is everybody has to buy in. Early in the season, Mourinho really jettisoned out some players that he felt weren't a, a part of it. Meyer all has gone. VR is gone. Uh, Diwara doesn't see the field, you know, even Darboe, uh, he doesn't really see the field anymore. That might be for different reasons, maybe just the inexperienced part of it. But yesterday, the, the subs paid huge dividends. Carlos Pettis first goal of the season, a nice goal set up by Henrik McTarn, who's become even more important than maybe we imagined he would be this season after he seemed to be a little bit on the down, you know, the downswing Jordan Vertu, who has not played nearly as much lately, beautiful free kick which is what he's really made his his money with 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 Roma the past couple seasons delivers for Chris Smalling uh that was Roma's 22nd goal from a set piece that was another number I referenced today I saw online most in the league from set pieces so another area where Roma's become very dangerous here but the buy-in from the subs I think was huge yesterday it was Zaniolo off the bench at halftime you had Vertu come in Shamordov Zalewski so Zalewski, Shimordov, Perez all around the 68th, Vertu in the 75th, and everybody seemed to have a, a hand in the comeback, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. I am far more confident in Roma's ability to win from behind this season more broadly than I ever have been in recent memory. Um, but particularly in this last these last couple months, I've never been feeling like I could count Roma out just like immediately after a goal doesn't go our club's way. I would also add that something that I thought was really interesting and unique, and part of this might just be about Salernitana, is that Carlos Perez was the one who scored that goal. And at post-match, he said, I'm available for Mourinho whenever he needs me. And did not, you know, did not sound to me like a guy who was like inordinately pissed off that he wasn't getting playtime as much. And I would love to see him be able to kind of develop a niche role for this club in the long term, particularly if that's the mentality it's going to take to having time on the bench. Cause like we've seen certain players react to time on the bench by saying I'm out. And um, yeah, that's just not what he's done apparently. And you got to appreciate that the same way that I really appreciate Marash Kambula, you know, taking the time on the bench to say, okay, I'm going to prove myself in training. And even Mourinho said that about Perez after the match, he said, Carlos has really been, bringing it in training. And a lot of the time we haven't had a space for him in the starting 11, but when we have it now, we're going to play him, which, you know, you need players like that guys who aren't necessarily going to be in the starting 11 week in week out, but who can plug in when a Pellegrini is absent or whatever. And 
do a good job. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, in his limited minutes, he did a good job today. Yesterday, That's, you know what I mean? I think for me, um, generally I've been, I've been with you guys where in um, the majority of the games this season where we've been down, I've been kind of hopeful, expecting us to turn it around, particularly against, you know, those mid table, lower table sides. Um, and more often than not, they haven't disappointed us. But I think with the Bodo match uh, in mind, I was less confident. Um, it really felt for for long stretches of the game, even though Roma were were dominating, it did feel like the wheels were starting to fall off a little bit. But I think you know that's probably just me speaking from the pessimistic um, you know fandom that I have with Roma, um, but. I think you know part of that is also the sub the the subs that we threw on because some of them have been you know completely missing in action the, the entirety of the season, namely Carlos Bedes and um, Shimordov. We know we've seen him from time to time, but not really showing you anything to expect the comeback. And while the champ that you know the fight for the Champions League is. Uh, the hope for that is so is so faint. It's still it still was there. It still is there now. But you quickly felt that feeding away. Um, and then you know, I feel I, I felt like it was. Um, feel like I'm trying to ramble here, but um, it felt reminiscent of that that city moment um, a few years back, where Vincent Company scored against Leicester, and you know after the game, Aguero. We lost you there, Brandon. For that shot. There, now you're back. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, that's how I felt watching Carlos Pettis line up for that shot. Uh, I was like, no, 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 no. Let's not, don't shoot. And then he <laughs> had this miraculous, this beautiful goal. So, um, yeah, you know, credit, credit to him, like Jimmy was saying, for sticking with it and take over. Yeah, I, I, and I think Jimmy made a good point, too, about Perez. Like, Mourinho wants players that are capable of contributing off the bench, right? He said, I, right now, I only have, like, 13 guys that can contribute. And if certain players like Perez, and he's willing to stick around in kind of, like, that uh, sub role and maybe not be an out-and-out starter, maybe earn a few starts here and there next season, you know, Roma's all the better for it because you're not going to find superstars right now that are coming into Roma to be a, a reserve, right? Roma's not at that level yet, especially if they only qualify for, say, the Europa League next season. They're not a Champions League team. But uh, Carlos Perez on his day against mid to lower table teams can be a contributor for Roma. And Roma needs those type of players to spell, you know, the Zaniolos of the world, especially if we switch back to a 4-2-3-1. I have that in mind with Perez on the right wing or you know, Zalewski fits perfectly because he's young, so he's hungry. He's going to take on whatever role Mourinho wants from regardless. But you have to have some of those guys that have some experience and that will contribute in some way, even if it's sparsely. You know, he got 23 minutes yesterday, which was the first time I remember him playing that much in quite some time. And he did it, embraced it, came through big. Is he going to do that every time he comes on the pitch? No, especially when a guy gets rusty. You can't expect it. But Roma's going to have to build up the depth somehow. So, you know, maybe some players that we figured might be out the door, maybe stick around in some capacity. Depends on what kind of relationship they have with Mourinho, what kind of aspirations they have for themselves. Like, do I stay at Roma and maybe I'm, you know, a five to 10 start player with a lot of sub appearances? Or do I go back to La Liga for a mid to lower table team and start more? Like, what are the the goals, I guess, at this point in his career, just to use him as an example. But Roma does have to build that depth. And Yesterday, the subs came through. Zaniolo played 45 minutes, looked real hungry off the bench after he hadn't played in a few matches due to injury. 
ended up having six shots to lead the team, a couple on target. And um, I think there was one that came kind of close that, you know, I think Seppi saved, but overall, I just liked the mentality he came in with. He took the, the, the match by the scruff of the neck, in my opinion, and was really the Zaniolo. We like to see aggressive played a nice one, two with Oliveira at one point, put the shot into the side of the net, but those kind of plays are encouraging from Zaniolo. Who's been a little lackluster in the second half of the season, even during Roma's really good run of form. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. I would say that, you know, I'm definitely out of, especially compared to certain people on the CDG message boards recently, I'm way more optimistic about Zaniolo's future with the club and, you know, just his future as a player in general. But this performance against Salernitana was the type of performance that I want to see from him. And if the goals come from that type of performance, then we're great. And even if they don't, though, I'm pretty satisfied. Like, he was getting himself involved regularly. He was getting other people involved regularly. He was being aggressive on the pitch. And he's the type of player, I think one of the big reasons why he's had some problems recently is because he's an aggressive attacking player. And to be an aggressive attacking player who succeeds, you both have to have some respect from the referees and less hesitance about your own ability to get injured. And what I saw from Zaniolo against Salernitana was a player who was, you know, giving 100% and not being afraid of giving 100%, which is crucial for a player like him, especially one who, when he has a head full, full head of steam, is able to be a superstar. Yeah. Uh, another guy who was absent. Did you want to throw in anything on uh, Zaniolo, Brandon? No, no, I think you guys covered it. The only thing that I was uh, going to throw out there, do you think that Mourinho starts him for either the Inter or the Napoli match coming up? I, I think he does get one of those matches at least, right? I mean, it depends how, I guess, he wants to approach the midfield because Oliveira played pretty well yesterday. And Mkhitaryan, we know, has now become like almost as crucial as Pellegrini in the starting 11 when they're both available. So I, I guess what it comes down to for Mourinho, because obviously if Fenerjean comes out, Pellegrini slots in, do you want to go with Zaniolo a little more attacking in those matches, or do you want to maybe load the midfield a little bit more with Oliveira and Pellegrini kind of slots behind? I think that's a decision he has to make. I, I, I see what you're saying with why maybe he doesn't, maybe he's maybe more useful as an impact side in one of those matches, but it's an interesting question because I could see maybe him start against Napoli maybe and come off the bench against Inter. If they're worried about Inter's midfield more with Brozovic and those guys, but I don't think it's an indictment on Zaniolo if he doesn't start, right? I mean, there's got to be roles for guys in different situations and the manager has to be flexible. So I, I'm curious to see how he approaches it. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think maybe um, I saw something earlier today about how he's probably starting on the bench against Bodo. Um, with, you know, that would have been a great showcase for him to, you know, if that ends up being true, that, that game would have been a great showcase for him to uh, to uh, convince Mourinho to play him in one of these big two matches coming up. But, you know, I would probably expect the, the sub appearance for him if that's not rooted in injury at all. And hopefully he uh, does good with the minutes that he's given in that game. But I think, you know, assuming that he makes the cameo in that game, um, I, I think probably for the Inter match, you, I would agree with you that he'd probably come on as a sub. And then for the Napoli match, I could see Mourinho starting him just because with the rhythm and flow of this team right now, there doesn't really seem a place for Zaniella right now, which you know is why we're getting all these stories linking him with Juventus and whatnot. So I think I would, I would like to see him have an extended role in the Bodo game just to, uh, you know, pr 
probably give him a better opportunity to play that inter game from the start, but I'd probably see it playing out your way. Yeah, and even this match, I don't think he was he was fit enough to start, which is why we saw him 45 minutes in the second half. But, you know, maybe even seeing a Fenijan get the start over him gives him a little extra motivation. You know, now it's a young, another young kid playing. So those little things might help motivate him. And I, th- I think you're right. I think a lot of the stuff in the media is fabrications. You know, oh, he's going to, to Juve. He's not happy anymore with Mourinho. He's not happy with this. And, and they make those stories all the time, right? So I'm not that concerned about his, his place in the side either, like Jimmy was saying. I, th- I think his time will come. And if he can be an impact sub, remember when he came back from injury uh, during the COVID season, right? He had a real impact off the bench in those matches. So he, he will have a role that for sure coming down the stretch and uh, we'll see how Mourinho utilizes him. But uh, someone who wasn't there was, oh, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I was going to just pose this question to you guys. It can be a quick one. On a scale of one to 10, how worried are you about the Bodo match that they're not going to necessarily play the cleanest brand of football? Because that's something that I'm worried about. And when Brandon was talking about having Zaniolo play and kind of show his stuff against Bodo, the first thing that jumped to my mind is after all of the hullabaloo that's happened with Bodo over the past several months, I would not be exactly shocked to see some guy from like the Norwegian league try to take out Zaniolo's ankle. I don't know because they're the team that's in the advantage right now, right? They're up 2-1. So I don't know if they would want to take any unnecessary risks to give Roma the opportunity to go up a man, or if they do find a way to advance, then be without maybe a a key player for themselves in the next round. I I don't know, because it seems like the issue is between the the coaches more than the players. I don't know how you see it, Brandon. I would agree with that, but it seems like it's starting to trickle down to the players as well um, with everybody giving their two cents on the situation. So I actually am a little more worried about, you know, uh, you, you mentioned how them being in the lead might protect us from watching that experience, but I think um, they're actually more likely to do all the shit housing and, um, you know, the dark arts, so to speak, just because they're the ones responsible for holding on to that lead, you know, the pressure's on Roma to go at them. And I think that actually you know, now that we're actually talking about it, so thank you for Jimmy, Jimmy for bringing it up. I think I'd probably be worried if Zaniolo started from the from the start because they for sure would be trying to get under his skin from the start. Um, you know, tired legs coming on uh, could definitely unlock them if they've been sitting deep the whole game, parking the bus. But no matter when he comes on, they're definitely going to go at him and try and try and get him sent off. Yeah, one thing that worries me, as you say, if they start the dark art stuff, even if it's not to the point where they get themselves in trouble, is there are certain players on Roma who can get riled up, so to speak. By I think of that preseason game, I think it was in Portugal against one of those Portuguese teams, and Roma ended up with like three red cards in a preseason friendly. And like, yeah, I think Pellegrini got sent off. I think Mourinho got sent off. Probably Mancini, because God knows Mancini. I love him, but he... You know, the fire sometimes isn't controlled with him. He's like a volcano. And he's almost like De Rossi was like this, right? De Rossi, my favorite player to ever play for Roma. And he was a great player. But there were times that if you got under his skin the wrong way, he was liable to take a red card, right? I mean, Totti was the same way. Remember Totti wailing on Balotelli in that in that Supercopa match. So I just hope Roma doesn't get roped into the nonsense where Mancini gets caught doing something stupid because he'll get fired up or somebody else, maybe a Zaniolo can also have a temper, right? Somebody does something dumb, puts us at the numerical disadvantage, and then the tie's done because maybe Bodo finds that third goal and they're up two goals and Roma's down a man. That's what I'm worried about too. 
I think it's key for Mourinho to keep his cool because he probably is also a little fired up going mm-hmm. into it, and they're gonna, you know, follow his lead if he, if the ref is threatening him with the sending off very early in the match. Seams are gonna burst, and uh, you know, like you said, man, you know, the hotheads, the Zaniolos, Mancini's are gonna be just a little bit more fired up. So hopefully, Mourinho keeps his cool, uses his experience, and um, we're off to the to the semis. Yeah, and one uh, we have a couple listener questions we're going to throw in mixed into the episode is uh, Tarnier, actually, since we're on Bodo, he said, if Bodo parks the bus, we are out. We struggle so much to get past teams that are dug in, like, really uh, badly, he says. But, you know, I look at yesterday, Roma controlled a lot of possession. Salernitana was fairly dug in, and, and Roma found a way with two goals. I know Bodo's better than Salernitana at this point, but I think Roma just has to figure out a way to unlock it. And one player who will be key in that is someone who was out yesterday, Lorenzo Pellegrini who tends to be their guy to, to play those through balls and play in those key passes. I think the combination of him and Mkhitaryan, maybe Oliveira, they could find Tammy or find Karsdorp cutting in from the right who can then whip in a cross or something. I think Roma will have their chances. Um, I think it, if Bodo digs in, I think that might suit us in, in a way that maybe we find a goal and then Bodo has to open up more. So I don't know. What do you guys see it like? Yeah, I mean, I would also just add that I think that there's a difference between playing against a team parking the bus when you're away versus at home. We saw how stacked the Stadio Olimpico was for a Salernitana match of all things um, this weekend. And I read that the Olimpico was going to be full up yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, given that, no offense, well, actually, yes, offense, because they seem kind of scummy um, <laughs> to, to, to the Bodo players but this is without a doubt going to be the largest audience they have ever played for and are and probably ever will play for and they're all going to be booing them so in terms of parking the bus i have a lot more faith in roma's ability to break down a highly defensive tactic at home with like seventy thousand people screaming for you than i do on a cold rainy night in norway Damn, Jimmy just buried them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much more there is to say, but um, no, I mean, yeah, I think I have to believe that Roma is going to come out uh, on top in this one. I don't know. I don't know what I can say about my fandom if I have doubts about this. I think for all the reasons that Jimmy mentioned, um, I'm really curious to see how they'll perform without their coach. Um, as it was announced today that him and um, was it Nuno Santos, right? Yeah, the goalie coach. Yeah, the goalie coach um, getting suspended for the match. So I'm curious to see how that affects them, particularly in-game. Because, you know, coaches are, you know, sent off all the time. And from my perspective, the difference is always relatively negligible. But maybe that would be the difference, whereas, you know, uh, just an instruction here or there that's missing is the difference in the match. So I'm curious to see what kind of effect that has. But ultimately, uh, I think it'll be tough sledding, but we have to have to have to push through at some point and, and uh, come out on top against these guys. Yeah, it, it has to be a win, right? I mean, how can you not at the very least win by one goal in 90 minutes and go to extra time? If, if Roma can't win at home uh, in the form that they've been in, you know, it's, now it's not the artificial turf in Bodo. There's no more excuse about that. Luckily, Mancini's injury wasn't serious in that match. I mean, Roma's, Roma's got to find a way to win, right, Jim? 
Yeah, I would be quite disappointed if Roma is not able to eke a win out here. To simply, I mean, like, I already kind of buried Bodo, but like, come on, man, this is Bodo. Like, this is not like a similar squad last year got to the semifinals of the Europa League without, like, while playing far worse opponents. I mean, far better opponents. Like, yep. we should be able, we, yeah, like, we beat Ajax. We beat, like, good teams to get to the semifinal of the EL last time around. And this is still, like, a very similar core. I have to believe that Roma is able to win this one. And I really don't want to have to withstand all the memes if we don't. <laughs> After 6-1, the memes are out. So they only get worse if, they, if Roma ends up losing like three out of four matches to this team and not even beating them at one. It, it would be pretty, pretty terrible. And I mean, these are the Norwegian champs, but the Norwegian league's probably, I don't know, like one of the top 15 leagues in Europe or something. It's not like it's the, you know, Ajax Dutch champs, like something like that, where it's not one of the top five leagues, but it's still a, you know, a, a name brand squad for sure. Now we mentioned Pellegrini is going to probably be key in helping break down if they do, you know, not park the bus, but dig in a bit. He wasn't playing yesterday, but the one guy who played pretty much in his role, so to speak, was Sergio Oliveira yesterday. And he was probably Roma's most noticeable player in many ways. He played a very strong match, in my opinion. Mkhitaryan was also very good because Mkhitaryan provided the assist and drew the foul that set up the second goal, which was then assisted by Vera too. So him and Oliveira were, were vital yesterday um, in terms of just shot creating actions. Uh, he had six, Mkhitaryan had seven. Um, you know, he also had five tackles. I saw he had a couple dribbles. He drew five fouls. So Oliver was all over the place. You know, Mkhitaryan, we, we've talked about enough probably that, you know, his role has increased with his new kind of being more of a midfielder than attacking type player. And Olivera, I, I think when he was brought in, we kind of figured he would be that vice Pellegrini type player, someone who could play the role of Pellegrini was out. And he did a very good job of it, in my opinion, yesterday. Yeah, he did. Um, it's probably his best game, if not overall, certainly since his first two uh, matches with Roma, where I was <laughs> quickly ready to purchase his jersey um, if he had, was putting in any more performances like that. But I've since cooled my jets on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I played great. Um, as you said, playing, playing in his natural position. Um, and that's why you bring him in as that, that Pellegrini, um, relief when he's not, he's not there where he's going through a rough patch or what have you. Um, I'm curious to see if Mourinho sticks with him on Thursday or, uh, you know, he get he gets dropped. So Mkhitaryan can play a little bit deeper and put Pellegrini in that attacking midfielder role. Um, personally, I think, you know, you're playing at home in front of your packed fans. I probably would put some Pellegrini in for Oliveira just because, you know, he has that bond with them and he's shown that knack for, for, um, unlocking a defense. But if Mourinho chooses to go with Oliveira, I can't knock that either because with performances like that and his natural position, he can also make something happen. Yeah, performances like that make his 15 million euro buyout or whatever it is for next season purchase option kind of a bargain if he can put in performances like this, you know, in, in a, a few games here and there and, and contribute. Um, so we had a couple questions. I'll come out with this one first because we're talking about the midfield. This one's about Mkhitaryan. Chris uh, Kabakian on Twitter. So sorry for our CDT listeners. I've, I've completely dropped the ball on, on reaching out to you guys for questions. So I do want to apologize because I know you guys are active, but all the questions from today are from Twitter. And he asked, was there any impact in the match when Mkhitaryan took the captain's armband 
and then we score two goals. If yes, does this show any sign of lack of leadership among our current captains and in the squad too? I think it's important to remember that like our actual captain was not playing against Salernitana. Like Mourinho probably had him get a tactical yellow. Nor so was the vice captain, right? So we were down yeah, to our, exactly. our, third, our, like our third string guy, so to speak. Yeah, so we were down to our third stringer captain. And I actually like our third stringer captain, unlike many other people in the Romaverse. But he's still our third captain, right? Like, I, you, you can't, I, I feel like you can't say, oh, man, there's a leadership gap when your captain and your vice captain aren't playing. Um, beyond that, I mean, like, I do have to give a lot of props to Mkhitaryan. He looks like the ideal veteran to have for this squad going forward. I think that it's basically a foregone conclusion that we're going to give him an extension, albeit a short one. And just in general, he's a joy to watch. Him, Smalling, and Rui. Um, Jonas wrote a great article about the three of them recently. And I have to agree with him 100%. Those three are really, as much as it's exciting to have Tammy Abraham, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Roger Ibanez, Nicolo Zaniolo on the squad, those three are really the reason, like they're the glue that has made this a good season to date. I, I think that's easy to say. Yeah, to me, there's no issue with the with Pellegrini's leadership role. Like you said, he wasn't out, Mancini wasn't there. Mkhitaryan as a fourth option at captain, or if it ends up being small in another match, it's all the better. I think the the, the shift was more just the, the subs stepped up. We talked about at the beginning, the subs played well in those last 15, 20 minutes, and we were able to find the result. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Brandon, but that's the way I see it. No, no, yeah, I agree with both of you, although I am all the way in on being the hype train conductor for just giving the armband to Mkhitaryan whenever we need two goals in a pinch. <laughs> Brandon, is now, Brandon is now Armenia's favorite CDT writer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so uh, a couple more questions we'll get to here. Uh, Adam Fish asked us about one about reviewing the guys Pinto brought in uh, Brent answered that already on the boards. We'll probably get to that in definitely in a, in a written article later at the end of the season, probably maybe as a review episode too. So we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, Ali asks, aren't we expecting too much from this team? Don't get me wrong, especially in the light of recent events from the Bodo staff. I want Roma to beat this team to a pulp in front of a sold out stadium. Nothing else is acceptable. However, we've been scraping together results for quite a while now. Surely they cannot keep getting away with these last minute saves. I was very impressed by our unbeaten run. But if you think about it, we were lucky many times and even had some help from the refs at last. I'll take this one. I think that, um, I don't know. I don't think we are, I don't agree with this necessarily. I don't think we are expecting too much from this team. I think it's totally reasonable to expect this Roma team to beat uh, Bodo for all the reasons that we already mentioned. And in terms of league expectations, I think most of us, as we've talked about a bunch already, expected us to be in this fifth spot, hovering around fourth, which is right where we're at. So at this point in the season, um, you know, opinions can change as soon as results sway one way or the other. But at this point in time, I don't think it's really expecting too much for us to beat Bodo. I mean, let's let's touch base again uh, Thursday evening and see see if that actually holds true. But for now, I think that's totally reasonable for us to expect that. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw the match on Sunday. I'll just say real quick, but I don't think it's unreasonable to expect us to beat Napoli either if we play our game because Fiorentina went down there and put up three goals on Napoli this weekend, and the usual Spalletti kind of spring swoon is is maybe setting in over there. So I, I'm not afraid of Napoli. Uh, Inter, to me, is a, a tougher matchup if they start getting going, but I don't think we're expecting too much either. 
Jim, were you going to say something? Did I, I, I did I cut you off? You did, but then you guys summed it up way better than I could. So we're, we can keep rolling. All right. So, you know, uh, speaking of laying foundations, which is kind of what we talked about with the mentality shift, Daniel Silva asked, do you think Mourinho can lay the foundation at Roma if the Freakins back him like he did at Porto, Chelsea, and Madrid? I'll take this one. Yes. Um, to expand on that a little bit more, uh, I think that we're going to have a different set of expectations than Chelsea did because we don't have Russian petrol money. Um, we have, you know, American car dealership money, which, you know, in terms of magnitudes of wealth, I think that Russian oil money, at least until recently, definitely took the cake compared to, you know, owning a lot of Honda or Toyota dealerships in, in Texas. Um, given that, I don't, based off of what I've seen so far in terms of the Friedkin ownership group, they don't seem unafraid to spend. They don't seem to be restricting Roma's like technical staff in terms of who they want to bring in. They signed Mourinho, which I mean, people can question whether that was just like the action of a new owner willing to make a splash or not, but that, that did cost a good amount of money to do that. So, I mean, there's all these indicators that, that the Friedkin era Roma is looking to spend in a way that, you know, is feasible within financial fair play or whatever exists in the future. I don't know. I haven't delved into what FFP is going to look like over the next couple of seasons, but there's no indicator to me that they're not willing to spend. And I think that the longer that we get into this, if we see more positive results, I could see a big purchase in midfield this summer. I could see a big purchase in the attack this summer, maybe not as big as Tammy Abraham, but you know, like a real vice Abraham, maybe. Um, there are still ways for this side to grow into being the side that Mourinho obviously wants, which is where there are two players per position who could start. I think we're a lot closer to that than we thought we were a couple months ago. First of all, just like with the players in the squad already. But I also don't, I haven't seen any indicators from the Friedkin group that they won't be interested in spending more to make that dream a reality for Mourinho and for the club more broadly. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback with another question for you, Brandon, on the same topic. Before I do that, I, I, I do think he can lay the groundwork for another manager to come in, say he finishes his three-year contract. By then, if he does his job that we're expecting of him, the players like Pellegrini, Mancini, maybe Zalewski, maybe Zaniola, if he's still around, that that mentality shift will already have happened where they have what it takes to be a winning side with or without Mourinho. If a different manager comes in, I think the Freakins will support that manager too. But uh, Fabo asked Brandon, Sergio, Rui, both Portuguese, new goalkeepers coming in from Portugal, Abraham and Maitland-Niles uh, came from the EPL chosen by Jose. Aren't you guys worried about the total control Jose seems to have with transfers, et cetera? If he does well, bigger clubs might call and he still loves the EPL. If he fails, he gets fired. Regardless of the outcome, Roma might be stuck with Jose-type players when he does leave, leaving Roma with another big rebuilding project. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not really worried about that just because uh, we don't really have that team identity that, you know, your Ajaxes of the world, your Barces of the world, um, you know, that, that tried and true um, academy method where they're all trained in a certain style of play. We don't necessarily have that, and... So I think, you know, when you're, when you bring in a coach of Mourinho stature without having that culture in place, you're kind of relying on um, the foundation being established on you know, players in Mourinho's vision. So 
if that's what it takes to change the mentality, the quote unquote loser mentality that's so often thrown around, I think, you know, you kind of have to bite the bullet and go with that. And hopefully in three or four years time when he, or whenever him and Roma part their, go their separate ways, I think, even if you have to eventually cycle out his guys, that that foundation that he initially laid is still there because of, you know, the Freakins and Pinto and Mourinho all working in unison to bring in those guys. Yeah, and certain guys will adapt to a new manager, right? Pellegrini's versatile. There's other players who could be versatile within the squad. That could be the core, and then you rotate out certain players. And if these players perform to expectation, then they still have transfer value if you need to move on from them to, to bring in a different type of player for a different manager. So we have just a couple minutes left. So um, Bello Samuel, he asked, I don't know if I'm biased, but it feels like they try everything to cancel our goals. They checked both goals yesterday for what I don't know. Do you agree? I mean, both goals stood, right? So I guess it's just VAR doing its job. I do agree, but um, <laughs> it seems every goal I assume is going to be chalked off. But um, we got lucky yesterday, I suppose. Yeah. Look, fool me, fool me once about Italian referees being kind of crooked shame on me shame on you fool me like a million times like shame on me like there's no reasonable person who could expect the italian refereeing association to be like a hundred percent like a clean institution from top to bottom and yeah i i they also seem to actively hate our manager and our star (laughs) player so given that um i'm not exactly surprised that some people feel like the refs want to take away every goal if they can yeah, the the uh, Fenijan, that was that foul was definitely outside the box, in my opinion. Just thinking about some a couple of like instances yesterday. The Mikatarian one, though, I don't know how that wasn't a penalty. I thought he got stepped on from behind in the box. I thought that was gonna be a sure penalty. They looked at it and said, no, I don't know. But if you watch Serie A in general and you watch matches outside of Roma, there's bad calls all over the place. I mean, there's fan bases from every fan base complains about it. And in some ways, we're lucky being a, a somewhat big side because those small clubs, I feel bad. They have no power at all to like fight back against it um point, it's just like yeah. funny to watch it's just funny to yeah. experience these bad calls <laughs> yeah it, they're they're comical in some ways like they're so yeah. bad they become comical but uh we're gonna wrap up here because we're running out of time but big match week ahead you know we'll be busy on cdt with the preview and post-match coverage for both bodo and napoli uh napoli unfortunately plays on easter monday so it's not even a weekend match so it'll be during the workday. so we'll probably be back i would imagine probably tuesday of next week to to record that one by the time we we all get to watch it but Guys, anything you want to leave the listeners with uh, heading into this big week? If I see one more comment on the message boards about Zaniolo, like we should sell him for peanuts, I'm going to ban you. I'm not actually going to ban you, but like, please stop for my my mental health. Get him. Get him, Jimmy. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll end it there. Hopefully Roma comes away with the victory of Arboto. By the time we're back, we're in the semifinals of the Europa Conference League for, for what it's worth on en route to a trophy. And then uh, hopefully a win against Napoli before we talk to you guys. So have a good rest of the week. Enjoy Roma. And uh, we'll hopefully see you after two wins. 